The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power in captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth with you. And joining us now to talk a little baseball and tennis is Kenny Ducey, who is all over the place, uh, contributing to covers and several other spots. You can follow him on Twitter at Kenny Ducey. All right, Kenny, so let's start with the Padres, shall we? Uh, Definitely a team that has not lived up to expectations a third of the way through the season. And now as we look at some of the futures markets, I'm seeing Padres to make the playoffs. Yes, minus 120. No at even money. Padres are five games uh, below 500, and they are eight games out of first place in the NL West. Uh, Certainly a wild card spot is uh, more than achievable, but with the Padres not living up to expectations, is there value in fading them in some way, shape, or form? Yeah, I think there still is plenty of value in fading the Padres because this is a team that going into the season I I had a lot of issues with. And I think what we've seen so far is they obviously have, you know, I would say the the best top four or or four best hitters in baseball. Not the four best hitters in baseball, but you know what I mean. The the, the best four-man combination in that line. They're unbelievable. But the rest of the team, there's, I have a lot of issues with. Uh, Hassan Kim is, is, is fleeting at best. Trent Christian still does not know to hit, how to hit a baseball. He's still below the Mendoza line for a second straight year. There was a lot of hope that maybe he was going to turn it around. Jake Cronenworth was essentially San Diego's Jeff McNeil. He was an incredible contact hitter. He's hitting 205. Um, and Juan Soto has been able to figure it out. Juan Soto has been great, and this team continues to lose, and that's because Manny Machado's injured. Tatis came back. Machado goes on the shelf now. Bogarts is banged up. I just feel like it hasn't happened to this point when they had three of their big four in the lineup. It does seem like it's going to be impossible for them all to play at the same time, given the injury bug. And uh, there's been varying levels uh, for, you know, these guys have gone through slumps at different times. And I think what it comes down to is you look at the pitching staff for this team, and it's, it's bad. Uh, Joe Musgrove has not been the same dominant Joe Musgrove. Dude Darvish has been good. And that's, that's a definite uh, plus, right? But, I mean, I think there's still a lot of issues 
Michael Waka is not going to hold it down. Blake Snell has continued to get worse and worse. So I don't, I don't think this is a good team. I think they're playing a lot of tough competition in the National League. We've seen a lot of teams elevate their level, like, you know, like the Pittsburgh Pirates, for example, the Arizona Diamondbacks in their own division. So I think there's a lot of competition here for the San Diego Padres, and, and I simply do not see how they get it done with a lineup that really is, is very top-heavy and a rotation, uh, you know, that, has, that has, has struggled at times and I, I don't think is going to be able to put together series wins given the way they're constructed. So, I, I, yeah, I agree with you. I think there's a lot of, you know, a lot of value in just taking them to miss the playoffs that essentially almost a pick them. All right, Kenny, Otani hits uh, two more bombs yesterday against the White Sox and some sports books made him an even bigger favorite. I see minus 145 for AL MVP now and a similar story in the National League. I I see some books that have Acuna at straight up even money for the NL MVP. Is the the MVP for both leagues going to be a boring story or are we going to look back and say, oh man, the time was was, uh, to strike was in early June because uh, these favorites were, were way too heavy? Well, I'll do you uh, – it, look, it's NBA final season, so I'll draw a comparison to the NBA. But I remember last year, uh, I want to say like a month, maybe two months into the season, I believe books moved Stephen Curry to uh, minus – I think minus, almost minus 200 to win NBA MVP. It was either last season or the season prior, but uh, he was just on an absolute tear. Didn't end up winning the MVP. And I, I think early favorites – are not usually worth trusting. Um, I think there's plenty of value in, and maybe looking at a guy like Aaron Judge now, who, you know, I, I think once everyone starts to flood to Shohei Otani, he has 18 home runs. He clearly uh, has been, uh, I think, the best hitter in the American League. And when you look at the way that the Yankees are playing right now, they're playing very good baseball, despite the fact that they have a lot of players out. They're getting three players back off the injured list for the Dodgers series. I think the Yankees are a team worth investing in. And I think, like, by comparison, I think Aaron Judge is definitely going to be in the conversation to win another MVP. I know that you might say, okay, well, the voters are going to give it to Otani because they had to give it to Judge last year. I don't know, man. If Judge hits 50, 60 home runs again and the Yankees are even better or they make the playoffs, I I mean, I think you have to give this guy an MVP again. And I think that he's definitely a player. And in the National League, I mean, Acuna's been great, but Matt Olson continues to lead the way in the home run department for them. Uh, He is top three in baseball in home runs. Spencer Strider has been unbelievable. So I think there's a lot of players that make the Atlanta Braves a good team. Yes, Ronald Acuna is hitting 324. Yes, he, you know, he, he could definitely compete for the Triple Crown. Uh, and if he did win the Triple Crown, I think it would be a lock. But I don't think it's going to be boring by any means. I think there's plenty of players on his own team that could push him. And then when you look at a team like maybe the Dodgers that could get hot, you know, I could see Mookie Betts being in the conversation again, or, or even Max Muncy who's had an amazing season. Uh, so I, I'm not ready to say – it's over. I'm not ready to say that, uh, you know, it's going to be boring and Otani's going to run away with it. I do, I will admit, like, and I'll agree with you, it did feel going into the season as if you sort of knew the voters were going to give Otani MVP because he didn't get it last year. So I do worry mm-hmm. about that. It is a human award after all. There will be voters, human voters voting on this, but I, I don't know. I, I think that there's, I don't think it's over by any means. Kenny, I want to ask you, because we have this list of losers. We call it the LOL list. It's starting pitchers that we look to fade on a daily basis. And since you mentioned that Blake Snell keeps getting worse and worse, we're debating, should he be on the list? Should he be off it? Who are some of the pitchers that you look to fade when you're looking at the MLB card? Who stands out to you that would be on the list? 
Oh man, well yeah, I would I would say a lot of them. Some of them are already out of baseball, so I'm just, I'm actually searching <laughs> for new ones. Uh, Zach Plesac <laughs> was one for a while. Honestly, Cal Quantrill, I had to take off my list because he started to pitch pretty well. Chris Bassett is a guy that I will fade tomorrow uh, with Justin Verlander, who I walked by on the street the other day. Uh, that was a good omen. Uh, but no, oh. I, I think in general, <laughs> I I am always adding to this list, and I agree with you, like. Um, Snell was on my list for years. Darvish was on my list last year because of all the home run issues. I just think in general, it, it depends on the matchup. I won't say I will auto fade mm-hmm. guys, you know, and I think a lot of people will do that. But um, Frankie Montas is a guy who's always been on my list. He's just been injured. And I, I, what, my, my philosophy for how I come up with the list of losers is I, I generally like to look at, okay, well, if you're going to pitch to contact, which a lot of pitchers do now because sinker ballers are all the rage, uh, especially if you're a sinker baller, how many ground balls are you getting? Okay, well, if you're going to be giving up home runs like you, Darvish, and Blake Snell have in the past, or Robbie Ray, even Robbie Ray's a guy on that list. And again, why are they all injured and, and hurt? This is why I, I need them to come back. Um, you know, he's a guy who gives up a lot of home runs, but when he was striking out over 30% of the batters he faced, it wasn't as big of a problem because there weren't a ton of guys on base. There weren't a ton of hits, uh, you know, coming back into play. So I, I think in general, it's, you have to profile out a pitcher. You have to figure out what teams are going to be taking best advantage. But yeah, I would say uh, I would say Chris Bassett is a fly ball pitcher. Is definitely a guy that I that I am started to put on my list and started to put on my radar in terms of a guy I like to fade because I, I think he is regressing a little bit. And I don't think he was ever really that good to begin with. Yeah, sinkers and cutters are very much uh, in vogue right now as far as uh, today's Major League Baseball and. Pitchers are throwing fewer four-seamers now than ever before. Looking at fan graphs, I think uh, the rate is now like 48% or, or something like that. I mean, it's never been this low, at least in recent memory. And so I'm wondering, as, the, as Major League Baseball evolves to having a variety of different pitches, I'm curious which pitchers uh, have been ahead of the curve as far as that's concerned. Well, yeah, I mean, I would I would continue to point to guys like, you know, Frankie Montas, who, again, does, didn't really figure it out. Clay Holmes is a guy uh, really relying on that sinker heavily. And I think what you – I mean, you could just use your, you know, your logic, right? I mean, a, a fastball that's going to be moving down into the zone, getting to the bottom half of the barrel, uh, moving away from left-handed hitters, moving into right-handed hitters. I, I just think it's, a, in general, a very difficult pitch because, you know, we know lefties love to pull the ball in this league. And you want movement on your fastball. I think it's, it's, it's a souped-up fastball. And so, um, you know, you used to have the days of Mariano Rivera where throwing the cutter, but also throwing the fastball to, to keep hitters honest off the cutter. Uh, I, I think in general what I said earlier about pitchers pitching to contact, yes, you know, strikeouts are still all the rage. A strikeout is, is an, an amazing feat. But um, ground, you know, ground ball double plays are definitely a killer to a lot of rallies, to a lot of innings. And I think, once again, like I said, trying to get the ball on the ground because getting the ball in the air, as we've, as we've seen, especially with these baseballs that are flying at a, a faster rate now, uh, the, the juiced balls, if you will, um, you know, get, getting, inducing ground balls is a very, very valuable skill to have. So that's why I look at ground ball rate a lot. I know a lot of people will flock to just the baseball savant bubbles. They won't look past those. Uh, and, they're, you know, it's valuable to have expected ERA, expected batting average. But I think it's important to know how that stuff is calculated, and you have to understand that, if a guy's going to give a lot of ground, a lot of hard hit balls, but they're all on the ground, it's not necessarily a bad thing. And you know that's how Framber, Framber Valdez's hard hit rate is very high. You might think, okay, well maybe he's not that good, but he induces ground balls at nearly a seventy percent rate. So that that's why the sinkers are hot because pitching to contact is a more efficient way of pitching. You're going to get swings earlier in counts. 
Uh, but also, you know, like I said at the beginning, at the onset, I mean, you just get crazy movement. Uh, why, why would you, you know, why, why, if you have a pitch that moves, maybe it's two miles an hour slower, but it's going to move a lot more horizontally, why wouldn't you throw it more often? And so I think that's what pitchers are doing. Kenny, just a uh, short seven-game card on this Thursday. Any specific bets jump out to you? Uh, yeah, I, I'm looking uh, at this this over-under uh, 9.5 in the Reds, Red Sox game. I think Chris Dale is a very good positive regression candidate. Uh, I think he's pitched a lot better. I know that Cincinnati uh, you know, has struggled at times at the plate, but Hunter Green has been unbelievable. And again, conversely, the Red Sox, they started off the season hot. They haven't been so hot over the last month. Um, I, I like both of those pitchers to shove. I know that the bullpen for the Reds is a little scary, so perhaps maybe you want to go to the first five as well. Um, but but I certainly think that's a total worth looking at. And then uh, this Phillies-Mets game, I'll, I'll say it again, uh, with the ground balls, Taiwan Walker has, has been inducing more ground balls than he ever has in his career. It hasn't translated into success so far. I don't think it'll translate into a Phillies win. But I do think that he can shut down a Mets team that's been very, very inconsistent at the plate. Um, I think he can get – Continue to get ground balls. It's his former team. Good revenge spot as well if you want to play a nonsensical narrative. So I like the under 8.5 in that game. I like the under 9.5 in the Reds-Red Sox game tonight. Um, and, uh, yeah, and I, I also I, – I think I really like most of the pitchers pitching today. Uh, I like this Detmers-Valdez matchup as well late at night. Uh, that could be another under as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think that's where I'm standing on today's card. It, as you said, it's very short. It's hard to find pitchers that you just absolutely love but I do think the market is being a little unfair to a couple of them. Kenny, let's go to the French Open. Matches are already underway. Is there anything that's still playable for today that you like or tomorrow? Well, yeah, you know, the beauty of, of live radio, right? We are live on the air, and I have two bets in the works right now that are still very, very available. Uh, if you want to get in on it, I'm currently on Asan Karatsev to beat Francis Tiafo. Um, it's, it's a little bit of, uh, it's, it's really, it's a pick em right now. It's a back and forth battle. Uh, I also like Tommy Paul, the American, is plus 115 right now. They just started their match. Uh, unfortunately, that, that's it for the day for me um, in terms of the matches that I was eyeing. I do kind of, I'm skeptical of Marco Sierra. I think Marco Sierra has a chance to win against Yuri Lahechka if you want an underdog. But um, I will, you know, look, I think that my biggest thing that I've been parading all French Open, and I will continue to say it, is I like, I like Taylor Fritz in the futures market. Uh, you can still play it. it. It's definitely available. The, the price continues to come down, uh, I, but I think you can still get uh, 80 to 1 on Taylor Fritz to win, uh, plus 8,000, plus 8,500 to win the French Open. I just think he's on the right half of the draw now that the Medvedev is out. I think it's that, that presents a huge opportunity. And we continue to see, uh, you know, highly ranked players struggle or lose. Yannick Sinner right now is locked in a tight fifth set with Daniel Altmaier making a meal out of that match. Uh, a, a lot of players are just looking very flat. And I think Taylor Fritz is right now a top five player remaining in the draw. Um, so I, I think for that price to be the way it is is kind of ridiculous i would definitely consider taking that if, if you have a free bet or you know some money money laying around because i think that'll present a good hedge opportunity down the road i do think carlos alcaraz probably wins this tournament but if you want a good long shot going to maybe to the final i think taylor fritz is your guy yeah, I was about to ask about uh, Alcarez because uh, at BetMGM, he's plus 140 uh, to win at Roland Garros. And it's one of those deals where he's played so well on clay this season that you can definitely see why he's such a favorite. But at plus 140, is there any value there with about 60 seconds left? 
Yeah, no, I don't think I don't think there is much value. I, I think you know what you want to do maybe is go ahead and like I said, go to the other half of the draw because I think it's I think it's a, a certainty at this point that he is the, you know he should be the favorite. I think there's some tough guys in his draw. Shapovalov and Musetti could potentially give him issues, and then Djokovic in the semis. Uh, and we did we've seen him lose at Grand Slams over the last year consistently in disappointing fashion. So it's no lock right, that he's going to make it all the way through. And even that U.S. Open title run, he had many close calls. At five center with Marin Cilic, he had to save the match point against Yannick Sinner. So, I, 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 look, it's still very early in his career to make him a plus-140 favorite at this juncture of the tournament. And that's why I'm looking at longer odds. But I will say, yeah, so there's no more value. But I will say, gun to my head, he's going to win this tournament. One more, uh, 10 seconds, quick NBA Finals prediction. Your winner, how many games? Nuggets in five. Actually, the Heat might steal game one, and then I think the Nuggets win the series. So I actually might play that market as well. Maybe Heat game one, Nuggets series. I do think that Denver is much, much better, and Miami is overperformed. Good stuff, good stuff. Kenny Ducey, thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we return to our conversation on the list of losers and what are we going to do about Blake Snell right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus 